What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Eating Shit. If you're new here, the point of the show is to quickly come on here once a week and share the lessons I've learned with you guys in real time so you don't have to make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or, dude, this thing fucking sucks. You get these, you get these programs, and they're supposed to be cool, do the soundboard, all this shit. Last week, try to hit the stupid, comes in like 15 seconds later. But it sounded good when I was recording it. I was like, fucking nailed it. This time, I just hit the play. Doesn't play for 15 seconds, so who knows what's going to sound like live, but it doesn't fucking matter. So, uh, make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or just learn from my experiences in general. If the episode provided value for you, share the show on your story or send it to someone you think would benefit from it. And also throw up a five-star review on the podcast app or a thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching on there to help out with the organic reach. So lesson this week, um, something I got yesterday, and it's actually kind of a continuation of last week's episode. If you guys haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. Um, I went on a rant about... Some guy that pissed me off because he's just a fucking dick to people. And um, it's not good to be a dick to people, especially in real estate, but really in any type of business that you're in. Uh, reputation is important. Relationships matter. Um, so this is kind of relationships part two. And I know I've talked about that on here before. And if you guys subscribe to the Figi Flips YouTube channel, I talk about relationships all the time because that's how important they are. It's worth talking about all the time. Um, so... This week, I was on Bigger Pockets. You guys that aren't real estate people, it's basically just like a real estate investing forum. They have a big podcast. A ton of people use Bigger Pockets to get into real estate. It's good and bad. Um, you know, I go on there from time to time. I'm going to make some more posts on there just to like help grow, um, you know, personal brands. Same shit I've been doing that I talked about last week with the Facebook posts. You know, I'll post them on there. I'll post them on Bigger Pockets, and then just like responding to people too. Um, but there are those people that have like twelve thousand posts or like twenty thousand posts on Bigger Pockets, and I'm like, what? How the fuck have you even made this many posts? Uh, I guess they're just on there all day. So it kind of, I was like, I don't want to turn to one of those guys, but you know, if it helps the brand, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so it was on there and bigger pockets is, is good and bad. Like there's a ton of info on there and the podcast is great, but because it's kind of like a gateway into real estate for a lot of newer people, um, I always tell people like one of the biggest issues with people getting into real estate is shiny object syndrome, especially when you listen to bigger pockets, because it is so diverse there's a million ways to do real estate and they all make money. That's the problem. There's no like shitty strategies where you're like, that one definitely doesn't work. Like they all work if you know how to make them work. And when you listen to the podcast and you have no other context and you're brand new and you don't have your strategy yet, you hear about some kid that's wholesaling 200 deals a year, making all this money. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to start wholesaling. And you hear about this guy flipping. And then like, that sounds cool. You're like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna flip. And then you hear about, you know, mom and pop guys that have done fucking financial freedom or whatever the fuck it is. And, you know, bought a couple rentals with their W2 job, you know, over, over time, you're like, oh, that sounds pretty good too. You have syndicators, you have developers. It's like, it's way too much short-term rentals, creative finance. And so I always tell new people, like the first thing you need to do, like if you decide like, cool, I like real estate. Um, you need to figure out what the strategy is going to be based on your amount of time of it, time available, skill set, and amount of money that you have available, and just pick a strategy that works with those things. You can always pivot the strategy later. Um, 
so bigger pockets is great and also bad for that reason but i was on there and i was i went into like the wholesaling forum and i was like i just want to find something that i can like reply to and you know help someone out and i found this post and i didn't look into the guy or anything but i just you know take his word for it that he's a big buyer in um san diego or something and the post was titled um like do we work with wholesalers no and something about like the cold calling script and i know i was like i know exactly what this is going to be about so i go into the post and um if anyone listening to this is a buyer um, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but basically like when people learn how to wholesale online <clears throat> or wherever, I don't know, you know, I'm sure all the courses teach this basically the same thing, or it's a free script or just YouTube videos or whatever to build your buyer's list. Um, whoever teaches it, all these people, they have the wholesalers call buyers, like cold call buyers, same way that you would cold call sellers. And they have this script that they go through and, you know, it's fine. Like, obviously you want to build your buyer's list. You know, that's dispo is half of the transaction. Um, the issue with it is that I've had this conversation so many fucking times, and that's exactly what this post was about, which I'll get into in a second, where you get a call and then it's, it's from someone. But as soon as you answer the phone, you can just tell that they don't know what they're talking about. That is the main problem with it, I think. And you can just tell, like if you've talked to enough people, you can tell when people know what they're talking about immediately. It's their tonality. It's how scripted it sounds. It's the language that they're using. Like they just don't speak the language of the industry. And so you can tell that it's like a brand new wholesaler, because if this was an experienced wholesaler, they would not sound like this. Um, and the script is actually kind of funny. I literally had this conversation five days ago. Um, last one I had. And it was like the same script that this post was about. And the script is like, you know, you call up a buyer, however the fuck they find you, whether it's public record or I doubt they're on investor lift, but if you had a VA on investor lift doing this for you or however, how are you going to find a buyer? They call you up and then they basically say, are you a cash buyer? And already like you just say, yeah, like. Obviously, the person on the other end does not know the difference between a cash buyer or using private money or hard money or whatever. Or if they do, they think that they need to only have cash buyers on the list, um, which like, you know, most even our quote unquote cash buyers, no one uses their own cash hardly. Like it's all private money. So just the fact that they're like asking that you already know, like, all right, here we go again. And then they ask you all this shit about like your purchase criteria and like this stuff. And it's really funny because I always cut people off and I'm like, I'll get into that in just a second once we go through the post because I added this in the post. Um, but the funniest question on there is they, they ask you about your capacity to do deals. And it's like if I brought you an extra three to five deals a month, would that be an issue um, for you guys to take on that much volume? which is fucking laughable because these kids have no clue how hard it is to do three to five deal deals a month, like wholesale deals. And then they're asking that as if, you know, next month they're going to show up with five contracts and we're like, Oh God, we can't fucking do it. Help. And I, I actually told the guy that was on, I was on the phone. I was like, dude, that's my favorite question on this whole script that you're going through right now. And I even told him, I was like, dude, I've heard the script and he kept going through it. I was like, I meant like 
you, you can cut the shit. Like <laughs> we don't need to go through the script. Like I'll tell you what you need to know and uh, I'll do you one better. I'll fucking help you too. But so they go through this whole thing and that's what this post was about. And this guy was kind of, he was mad and he was basically saying like, no, um, like you guys are nothing more than telemarketers is what he said. And you know, all this stuff. And he, he was like, which was pretty valid. He was like, you know, your coaches or whoever you paid the course, um, they have you guys do this. So you feel like you're doing something and it's busy work. So they don't have to confront the hard reality when you ask them why you haven't found any deals. And that's because it's hard. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's exactly true. And that's what I tell the guys when they call me, I cut them off. Cause I know where this is going. I'm like, Hey dude, I get it. I've had this conversation a million times. Um, here's the deal. I understand you want to build your buyers list, but it's not fucking important. It's not hard to find buyers at all. You find buyer in fucking two seconds. And um, what's much, much harder, especially when you're new, is finding deals. So you should be spending all of your time, 100% of your time on the sales funnel that we've talked about on here before. Leads, appointments, offers, contracts, deals. Just go find leads and go take appointments. That's all you need to be doing right now. Like, fuck building the buyer's list. But I get it. You know, it's scary. It's always like, well, what if I get a deal in contract and I can't find a buyer? I'm like, dude, just good luck getting the contract. It's like, well, you don't need a buyer if you don't have anything to sell, do you? And then I always tell them like, dude, we're like the only wholesaler basically in the area. I can dispo. If you have a deal and it's an actual deal, I can sell it for you. Don't worry. Um, so go through all this shit. And I, so like the post was kind of angry and I responded to that. And I was like, basically I, I agree. And I also disagree. I agree. It's annoying. And I totally get where you're coming from. It's a fucking waste of time. Um, you can tell that they don't know what they're doing and they should be doing other things. Um, but I, I brought up a story that I wanted to share on the podcast with you guys about why I disagree with what he said. And that was because, you know, and, and I went through a, a synopsis of this story in the post. I couldn't make it too long, but I was like, I disagree because I remember what it was like um, five years ago being on that side. And I never really did that. I would post like Craigslist ads and stuff to build a buyer's list. And I never like called. And specifically this one encounter that I had at that, in that time period, affected me so much. I think about it all the fucking time. And I like base a lot of the things that I do today on this single interaction. Like the more that I think about it, the more I learn from it. And it's very simple, a little bit different situation, but basically like I had a deal in contract. It was maybe like my third or fourth deal or something like that. I was super new. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I brought it to this buyer that helped me get going. Um, and he didn't want it. He passed on it. And then I was randomly listening to bigger pockets podcast. And this guy from Vegas was on there. I should try to reconnect with him. Cause I have, I couldn't even tell you f what the fuck his name was at this point. Um, but he mentioned on the podcast that he also buys in Reno and I was like, Oh shit. So I hit him up, <clears throat> sent it to him and he passed. So at this point, you know, my inexperience, I sent it to two people. I was like, fuck, it's not a deal. Like I was wrong. Like I'm going to have to cancel and all this stuff. I was like, 30 seconds into the deal. And, um, I had heard of this guy from someone at a, a meetup uh, that he was like a big buyer. And it was funny because I don't remember where I've told this, but 
maybe not on the internet at all, but I remember, you know, what, speaking of building the buyers list, um, I pulled, it was so much fucking easier to do this now, but there was no softwares back then like PropStream or batch or whatever everyone's using now. And I pulled, I forget how I did it, but I pulled like cash sales in Washoe County more than two in the last year. So I figured like, okay, if a person has bought more than two houses cash in the last year, they're probably a flipper or an investor or whatever. And there was like 76 people on the list. And I fucking hand stuffed all of these um, envelopes, 76 of them, stamp, fucking hand addressed all of them, all this shit. And I sent them out and I, you know, I, I literally mailed what I thought would like become my good buyers list. And I didn't get one response. It'd be hilarious if someone had one of these letters now, because I'm sure it's written exactly the stuff that I'm complaining about right now is in this fucking letter. And, um, one person emailed me back and all he said was, yeah, we're, we're still buying, put me on your list. And I was like, okay. And then fast forward, this is before I even did a deal. Fast forward. Now I had heard of this guy again at a meetup. And then I put two and two together. I was like, oh, that's the guy that emailed me back. I don't think I've ever told him this either. I should though. Um, and so I, I just randomly, like I found his email or I had his email from when he fucking emailed me or whatever. And just that, I forgot that part of the story. Just the fact that he took the time to send that email is exactly what I'm about to tell you guys with this. And, um, so I send him the deal, you know, I sent him the photos, the information I had and all this stuff. It was late. It was like 7 PM on a Friday or something, 7:30, And he, I got a phone call within like five minutes and it was him. It was the first time I've ever talked to him. And he was like, Hey, it's so-and-so. And I was like, Hey, I was like, not expecting him to call like that. You know, I thought everyone's tuned out until Monday. And he goes, uh, and I was like thinking like, fuck, he's going to like rip me and tell me like, this isn't a deal. Like, don't send me bullshit like this or something. And he goes, uh, yeah, I'll take it. And I was like stunned. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I like this deal. And he just tells me the LLC to put it in. He's like, put it in this. And I'm like, okay. I was like still shocked. And I was like, well, you need to walk it. Right. And he was like, yeah, we'll do that next week. I just assign it to this LLC. I'm like, okay. And then, so I got his vesting or whatever, gave me the signers. And then he was like, cool, dude, you got anything else to buy? And that line blew my mind too. I was like, wow, like he can do more than one. And I was like, no, that's it for now. But like, I'll let you know. He's like, all right, cool later. And he just hangs up. And there's probably someone listening to this that knows exactly who I'm talking about just by the way I'm saying this. And, um, and so, yeah, I did this deal with them. And then, you know, maybe even before the deal closed, but definitely like right after the deal closed, right after this, a couple weeks later, um, he invites me into his office and to meet with him and like his partner. And there was a third partner, but I didn't, I never met him until much later, but it was just these two guys. And so I show up there, no fucking idea, like what the hell I'm doing. And they bring me into the office and they were the whole meeting was like, like how it was basically like, how can we help you bring us more deals? And I, I was like, fuck if I know, like, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Like I, I have no clue. 
And um, so I met with them for probably, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, just got to know them a little bit. And uh, they're a huge buyer. The partnership has since ended, but, you know, the one guy specifically that I'm talking about still is a huge buyer here locally. And um, <clears throat> and he actually still buys with this other guy, uh, but in a different state now. And I've thought about that encounter a lot. It was so fucking weird that he would do that. And then that's what I wrote in this post, like that these guys did that. And then I, I basically put like, they did not need to do that at all, like at all. And the fact that they did that, they got exactly what they wanted out of that situation is that now that that's why I said it's a little bit different than what the post was about because I wasn't cold calling them. I brought them a deal. So that was value. So that is like what proved it to them. Like, okay, let's bring this kid in here and fucking groom him. And so he'll just keep sending us deals. And that's exactly what I did. And I mentioned in the post too, that when we started wholesaling in Alabama, I specifically did not call any buyers until I had two deals in contract to sell them because much different pitch when I call when I'm on the other end of the phone and like, I know what I'm talking about. And I say, Hey, I saw the flip you did on this street. I have one on this street in contract to assign. Do you want to take a look at it? They say yes. Instead of like, now, if it's a two bed, would you still buy that? What about a one bed? It's like all this bullshit that they're just following the, the script. So again, like I waited until I had something of value to build a relationship with instead of just being like another dumb wholesaler on the other end of the phone. And, but back to these guys, um, so like they exactly like what they wanted to happen happened because they were like one of maybe two to three buyers that I ever sold deals to. I never really tried to like actually dispo a wholesale deal when I was wholesaling on my own before Wes and I partnered up for this reason. And it was because I brought them something. They were like, okay, like let's help him. And in return, we know that he's just going to keep fucking sending us deals and we're just going to get layups all day long. And that's what happened is that I had such a good relationship with them. I was not concerned about them stealing deals from me. It took half the work out of wholesaling because I was basically just doing acquisitions for them where I would get info on a deal. We had no sales process. Fucking I didn't know shit about it, like what I should have been doing. And I would get info on it. I would take appointments you know, with sellers just to fucking shoot photos for them. And I would put everything together and I didn't have a contract. It was just a lead, but it was like detailed and I would send it to them and they would, I would be like, you know, basically give me your price on this. They would give me their price two minutes later. It was like so easy. And then I would just go back to the seller and offer them less. And then I knew if they accepted, I had a deal. Um, and I didn't have to like do the disposition process. I already just fucking assign it and they're good to close. No bullshit, nothing. So it was so easy that I kept sending them deals. So when you think of it like that, um, it was totally worth him like, yeah, I am going to email this dumbass back and say, put me on your buyers list. And he was literally the only person that did that one response I got. And then he spends an hour and like meets with me at the office and then look what happened, send them however many deals. And I still do that to this day because there's such a deep relationship there. Um, wherever his spots are like those are the only deals I'll, I'll put them on investor lift after and just say like you know sold and so they never go to anyone else unless it was some weird thing that he passed on or something same reason like you know i owe him a lot and then you know it it just is it gets paid back like that and that's how important relationships are so 
you know, back to what that, that has taught me that, um, that interaction is that that dude is a fucking master at relationships. Like he, it doesn't seem like it, like, but he fucking knows what he's doing. And I have learned a lot from that because that's, he's one of the big reasons that I do shit like this for free and I do the content for free and I run the meetup for free and I take the calls from the dumbass wholesalers and say, Hey, this is what you should be doing. Come to my meetup. I'll teach you for free. Like come to the office. I've meet with kids in here that you never see again. And that's the issue with like, there is a fine line between 99% of the time, whoever's on the other end of that call, when you're getting the build the buyers list call, you're never going to fucking hear from them again. Like not even one time. Uh, but for those ones that do pay off, like it pays off pretty big. Um, so it's smart of him to like basically pre-vet me because I had already brought him a deal. So he knows that like sinking some time and cost into me is going to be like a good investment for him instead of just answer the phone. So like, that's why I was like, I agree and disagree with this guy or like the, the post in general. Um, because yeah, it is annoying and you're never going to hear from these people again and they don't know what they're doing and all this stuff. But for those one out of a hundred, um, they pay off in a big way. And, you know, I don't know how many deals I've assigned to this guy, but they've literally every single one of them has been no competition for him. Um, we just assigned him one fucking last week that we have a $50,000 fee on. And, you know, he's the type of buyer that like could care less if, uh, if we're, how much money we're making, you know, other buyers are not like that. Like he doesn't even fucking look. I don't think he even, I literally think he doesn't look as soon as he gets assignments, just click, 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 sign and no bullshit. He says he does what he says he's going to do. We do the same. So it's like a great relationship that we've built over the last five years so much that, um, quick story, like we assigned him one, I don't know, maybe two months ago or so. And this was a deal that like, it had these squatters in it and it was just going to be a fucking nightmare. They were trying to do some like tax thing where they were trying to take over the property from the previous owner. They just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. That is a thing where you can like pay property tax and then you have to like, it's like adverse possession and then you like own the property, but there's a lot of legal steps that you have to go through to do that. And they didn't do that. They thought they were going to, but then the owner sold the property. And so we get in contract. We thought it was vacant because that's what the owner thought. And I go out there to walk it and there's cars there. I call Wes. I was like, Hey, I thought this thing was supposed to be vacant. He's like, yeah, it is. I was like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> and, um, so I talked to the guy there. He told me about the tax thing. I'm like, all right, cool. And then they didn't get back to us. And then we were going to buy it. It was going to be our first flip back. And we're like, nah, we just take the money right now. We're like, what do you think this guy will pay for it? And I've, I've heard this guy fucking cracks me up. I have so many stories about the way he talks and like, it's just fucking sick to me because he's so informal. That's another reason why, you know, he's so influential with me. Just this one guy, this one relationship, because I really related to him when I first got into real estate, I thought it was going to be like big money, fucking suit and tie shit. And it, it's not. And so I know exactly how he underwrites, you know, I can underwrite for him and I do quite quite frequently on the one that we just assigned him for a $50,000 fee. I literally put his underwriting in the email and I was like, here's what I think ARV is. Assuming you agree with that. It was like cost to buy it, cost to sell it, rehab, profit. That puts your purchase price at this, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool assignment. And cause I've heard him say it so many times. 
And so with this one, you know, we're like, what do you think he'll pay for it? And we had it in contract. We had it in contract for 200000 We figured out it was tenant occupied with like a really bad situation. Um, so we got a price drop all the way to one twenty five, and with the intention of buying it. And so I'm doing his underwriting and I'm like, dude, I think he only pays like one fifty for this $25,000 fee, but we thought we were going to make way more by flipping it. And then Wes was like, no, I think he takes it for one seventy. I'm like, no, he doesn't. And so we call him up. We're like, or I sent him all the info and he calls like two minutes later. It's like always his thing. He's just fucking on top of it like that. And that, that in itself has like taught me how to be on top of shit too, because he was always like that. And I thought that was sick. And yeah, from working with people in music, that's like, oh, I can't meet with you at 9.30 a.m. because it's fucking too early. I'm still in bed. It's like unreal. And so he calls and he's like, all right, so like this is the situation. I was like, yep, just recapped it for him, went out there, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, cool. And he like thinks about it for a minute and he's like, all right, let's do it. But can I get a better deal on it, like 150 <laughs> Right where I said he's gonna be, and then we're like, dude, split the difference with us, one sixty. We'll do it. We'll we'll get it to you right now. He's like, all right, cool, do it. And he's like, but I'm definitely gonna get sued, right, by the people that that are there. And we're like, I don't know, like you tell us, same shit, uh, same shit as fucking five years ago. And he's like, all right, whatever, like just do it. And so we assign him the deal, and then uh, I promise I'm getting back to how deep this relationship is. He closes it like just not carelessly like he definitely knows what he's doing he's flipped thousands and thousands of houses worth i don't fucking know how much 20 30 million who knows and um he then like this big issue with title insurance is for the real estate guys that was his only thing he's like am i gonna get title insurance we're like i don't know like i'll ask amy and you have to be careful when you do this because if the answer was no, you can't tell her what property you're talking about because then they'll, you know, kill the deal. So I, you know, in theory, <laughs> what would this situation look like? And she was basically like, yeah, if we don't know about it, um, we'll issue title insurance. I'm like, cool. So that's what I told him. And then he's like, all right, I'm in. And that was Friday night. And then I signed him another deal, package deal in Yerington, um, Friday night as well. I was here late, you know, 8 PM or something on the phone with him. Like he's just fucking beast. And so I get those two ironed out Monday morning phones ringing. First thing it's him. <laughs> this fucking cracked me up. And he was like, um, so, all right, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, what did we buy on Friday? Like he just doesn't fucking remember. I'm like, well, you know, we got that package deal in your and he's like, Oh yeah. And you can hear him typing. And he goes, Fiki, like he still calls me Fiki. And he goes, and he goes, what were the addresses on those? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, here are the addresses. Like, cool, cool. And he's like, and I got to evict someone out of there? I'm like, no, nah, they're vacant. And he's like, oh, even better. And then so, and then what was the other one? I was like, you know, it's this one we're talking about. And uh, you know, all right, cool. And then he like gets it in his spreadsheet, however the fuck he keeps track of shit. And then he just goes, all right, that's it, dude, later. And he just hangs up. I'm like, all right, cool. And then 20 minutes later, um, I get an email from Amy contradicting what she had said about the title insurance thing. She was like, yeah, basically, even if we don't know about it, so this is hopefully this is still recording because it's saying I have no inter internet connection, but um, even if we know about it, God, I'm hoping this doesn't get fucked up. Uh, even if they don't know about it, 
then they, if it comes back for this specific situation with the tax and all that shit, um, where we will pull the title insurance. And I was like, fuck, you know, that's gonna, that was the only thing that he wanted to close this. And like, I sent him the correspondence and he called right away again. And he was like, Amy just said this. And I was like, yeah, he's like, cause I called her this morning and like, I told her what was going on. I was like, oh, well that makes sense. Why, you know, she looked into it again. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he, he's like, just do it anyway, dude. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Um, so he ends up buying that deal like that afternoon too. We have fucking assigned it. And then he's like, that was the other thing on, on when we assigned it to him, he was like, um, he's like, all right, but close it quick. We're like, how's Monday? He's like, perfect. Like that's the fucking actual cash buyer that you guys want to work with. And, uh, that never happens. So they're never like that. And so he closes it that afternoon and then he fucking, um, maybe like two weeks later, I got a couple calls from the occupant and I'm like, Hey, I'm not involved with this anymore. Like this is the person you need to talk to someone that's like his property manager kept calling me. I'm like, Hey, I'm not fucking involved with this. Like talk, you're talking to the wrong person. Like, I understand what you're saying. But you're talking to the wrong person, call this person. And, and then he calls us the buyer and he was like, dude, he's like bummed because apparently without saying too much, like someone had died in the crawl space of this home. And obviously like he went down there, he died. And then, the fire department came and they cut a huge hole in the floor. So like half the subfloor is missing in this house. The joists are all cut and shit, which, you know, no one had been inside of it. He just bought it and whatever. And he's like, dude, like you guys didn't know about this. We're like, fuck no. Like I was over and above and beyond, like with all the tax situation, screenshots, all these records, stuff from the power company, you know, when the accounts were established and all this stuff. And he's like, all right, well, I just thought I'd check. And then you know, we were thinking about it and we're like, dude, let's, you know, offer him some money back. I didn't think he was going to take it, honestly, but we, we sent him $10,000 back, um, because he's going to lose money on this deal. Probably still lose even with that, but just as like sowing the relationship even deeper, that's how seriously we take this specific relationship. It's like, we just made money on this deal. Now, you know, he like stepped up and he's like the only dude that would take something like that. And then he's like, dude, I'm going to lose on it now. Not our problem, but still, it's just like, you know, that's how we treat each other with, um, you know, with, with good relationships like that. So long way around, fuck, this still says no internet connection. I really hope it's fucking recording. Um, long way around to say, uh, relationships are really, really important. And that is why I spend time you know, with, with things that seem like it's a total waste of time. And most of it is, but that's how you play long in business and in whatever you're doing is just planting those seeds along the way. And then they need water and then they grow into trees. You can't just like fucking plant full grown trees. It just doesn't work like that. So that's how I view it is just like, I just been dropping seeds for however long. And then eventually they grow into, into something that can make everyone money and they're all beneficial for everyone involved. So, um, couple of quick wins this week. Uh, we got three contracts last week, which is great. Uh, two deals assigned this week so far, which is great. Um, just shooting for that consistency and, and not having the, the peaks and valleys like we've had in the past. So, um, everything's trending in the right direction. Just need to keep it up and keep, keep the eye on the ball and not lose the urgency like we have in the past. So, um, yeah, that's about it, really. So um, thanks for listening. Make sure to uh, share the show if you found that valuable or you like the story or whatever. I got tons of stories about that guy I can tell later on. Um, but 
yeah, share the show for me. That's about wraps it up for this episode. And uh, we will see you next week.